RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation. L.L. Bean and the National Park Foundation share a belief that every community should have the opportunity and resources to experience the joy of the outdoors together. Through this partnership, they're not only helping people find their parks, they're helping protect, restore, and improve parks across the U.S. If it's outside, L.L. Bean is all in. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. This week, a new camping book makes us blush. A late night break-in story from an RVer that takes quite a turn. Why RV parks are beginning to offer a new service. And we make our way to Carlsbad, New Mexico, where it's every bit as cold as it was in Kansas City last week, 900 miles up the road. This is RV Miles. episode 132 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, crisscross North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. We are coming to you from Brantley Lake State Park in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And we are so thrilled to be down here. Uh, the weather here is crazy, uh, about identical to what it was in Kansas City. The weather here has <laughs> lost its mind. We had like we had like four inches of snow the other day. Yeah, but the snow looked like if you watch the Hallmark Christmas movies and, you know, they <laughs> go and they cover the whole ground. Not that I'm saying I watch them, but I'm just saying a friend told me about this. <laughs> They cover the whole ground because there's no snow. They're filming these things in, you know, July, right? And so they put this marshmallow fluff. I don't even know what to call it. It's like shaving cream or something. That is exactly what so the snow painfully, like. obviously shaving cream oh, type so, stuff. Because it sticks to their shoes and it sort of like globs together, right? Like it doesn't hold the way snow should hold. So it, it is very clearly has been sprayed on with a yeah, gun it's of some re- sort. It's really bad when you see them driving down, you know, Main Street, USA, which is like the basic Hallmark Channel lot. And everything's like sprayed with shaving cream. Anyway, it's the worst. this park was covered in that. It was. It was two covered days in ago. a Hallmark Channel. And we, we uh, we're, you know, we're like 200 miles from the border, less. I feel like this happened to us two years ago because this is the second time we've been here to Brantley Lake. And I feel like we had the sort of same reaction two years ago when we were here and we kept going, why is it so cold? We didn't get so snow though. No, we didn't get snow. We that didn't get was a, below. We didn't get 20s. Yeah, that was a real surprise. And we're going to talk more about our travel here to Brantley Lake. And then also the fact that we solved the furnace. And thank you to all of those who kind of chimed in with some suggestions. We're going to talk about all that later though. But first, I want to start out with a a little story that I read on the interwebs. This comes from a guy named Rick Kane, uh, and this was in the Living the RV Dream Facebook group. If you don't know, Living the RV Dream is one of the one of the old school RV podcasts. They sometimes I feel like they are the ones who really laid the groundwork for the rest of us to do this. For us, when we first started thinking about this lifestyle, we really enjoyed listening to them. Yeah, John and Kathy Huggins did did the show for a very long time and they had to come off the road because uh, 
Kathy's health. And, uh, and now Robert Morales does the living the RV dream podcast. Anyway, they've got a giant Facebook group. Uh, and this is, this was posted from, from a guy named Rick Kane, who graciously let me share his, his story from the other night. The wife and I are, are in bed and asleep. I get woken up by a water bottle falling on my head from the nightstand. I jump up quickly. Sure. Someone has broken in. I start yelling, Blake, get down. I have a weapon. I did not have a weapon. I was butt naked. The most anyone was going to do was laugh at me, but it was worth a shot. Anyway, I throw my robe on, look down the hall. Nothing. The wife is up now. What's going on? She asks, to which I respond in the most innocent voice I can muster. Nothing. Uh, hey, would you mind uh, going up front and getting me uh, water? <laughs> I'm sleeping. Get your own damn water, she said. <laughs> I figured if someone broke in, I would send the true power of the house to negotiate our safety. <laughs> After all, if I went and did it, the wife would then told me 20 ways I should have done it better anyway. <laughs> so true. <laughs> just keep reading. <laughs> so it's all up to me now to save the family. I grabbed the first thing that seems like a weapon. In this case, it was a cat toy, a small stick with a feather on the end, rather useless, but my brain didn't really register how inept that would be. Should the need arise, I guess with four cats, I could run the feather up the invaders legs. <laughs> I did know how much that I did know how much that hurts. It's one of the things my wife does to me with a bit of glee. <laughs> okay. Jason, there. Are you Okay. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. <laughs> so down the hall I go, cat toy in hand. I see nothing. The RV again shakes enough I have to brace against the wall. I take a quick glance into the shower because, you know, if you break into the RV, there's a rule that you have to shower before doing anything else, right? <laughs> this guy would seem does not know this rule. No one in the shower. I move down, start to open the bathroom door. Who knows? This guy might want our single ply RV safe. Oops, your finger went right through it. Didn't it? Toilet paper. <laughs> or perhaps he wanted to use one of our toothbrushes. The man was unfeeling, uncouth, and over the top for using our toothbrushes. I swing open the door. Nothing. Same small toilet room. Toilet paper still in place. Toothbrushes still sitting there waiting to be used. All is well. Then the RV shakes three more times right in a row. <laughs> I steal my courage up into the main cabin I go. First thing I see is the kid over the sink using the light of the moon to make fourth supper, dancing to himself in his socks and underwear, headphones in with his iPhone in his underwear band. It's a sight to see. I yell his name. No response. I raise my voice and yell again. No response. I pop the headphone out of his ear. He screams. Oh, his eyes are now three times the normal size. He has stopped breathing. I'm fairly sure he's having a heart attack. I hit the lights. His face is pale. He looks at me once he can breathe again and says, I thought you were someone who broke in to which I said, if I had your dancing in your underwear would have made me run away. I go back to bed and the wife asks, so what was it? To which I respond as I lay back down. Oh, just Bigfoot dancing around in his underwear to which my wife responded with a snore here. I was ready to lay my life down. My reward was a snore. Good thing is we have a built-in safety system. A teenage boy with big feet dancing in his underwear to keep us safe. <laughs> that is amazing. It's good stuff. You know what? That hits so close to home. <sighs> a, because I, that's Jack. We have like, that's Jack a 12-year-old. Yeah, we have almost 13. Yeah. 13 this summer. 
I don't understand the power that these children hold when it comes to flinging their bodies around in this trailer. (laughs) But I've never seen things so skinny and so small shake this trailer like those children do. (laughs) Also, Jack getting up for fourth supper is is completely. Yeah, except fourth supper is always without fail. Jesus. Yeah, he wouldn't be over the sink. He'd be in the pantry trying to find his Cheez-Its because he's in this phase right now where he only wants to eat special. He calls them specialty Cheez-Its. So he won't eat regular Cheez-Its, oh which, by the way, they've changed the recipe. Those are weird. He will only eat like four cheese Italian, uh, <laughs> cheese pizza, sharp cheddar. Is the, the <laughs> he can hear us. He's yelling from the bedroom right now. So this story this is a glimpse into our lives mm-hmm. in just a few mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to call you for some tips, Rick. Yeah. Thank you, Rick, for letting us read that. That was such a gem. All right. Uh, some interesting news from, from Good Sam. Good Sam, uh, as many of you know, is a, a club that has been around for like 50 years. Um, and Good Sam Club, it, you know, it it used to be more of a membership organization where people went to rallies and, and there was a community built around it a lot like FMCA is now it's owned by camping world. It has been for quite a while, but it's more of sort of a discount club where you can be a member for, I think it's like 30, 40 bucks a year and you get a 10% discount at 2,400 campgrounds across the country. You get a few, they even do rallies or anything no, like I that. Don't think right? so. I don't think they have like conventions or things like that. You get a few cents off at pilot flying J stuff like that. And then it's sort of a way to also sell you these upsell things like RV insurance and roadside assistance and other things that good Sam offers. But a lot of people are members just for that discount. And it is worth it. If you do stay at a lot of private parks, because a lot of them do offer that good Sam discount 10% off. Um, they are adding to their 2,400 campgrounds. Uh, they're adding a network of RV storage facilities. Um, and, you know, they, they have this book that they print every year. That's the good Sam guide that sort of rates all their campgrounds and they have to all provide a basic set of amenities. Uh, so they're going to be doing the same thing with RV storage units and adding that into the book and, Theoretically, you'll be able to get discounts at, uh, at some of these storage facilities across the country and they'll have ratings of them like, uh, do they have 24 hour security? Are they uh, climate controlled? Is it fenced in? That sort of stuff. You'll be able to look that up in the Good Sam Guide and on the website. So I thought that was really interesting. I think it's really interesting. The only thing I think about, I mean, the discount is great. But I think to myself, why do I need to see what storage units there are across the country? If I'm storing my RV, I'm just storing it in my city. So I'm just going to go with what's around me. Now, if they happen to be in the booklet, that's super cool. And then I might get a discount. But that's not for me. I don't know. I guess it would just I'm just curious to see, like, what's the discount? Like 10 percent? Does it does it end up evening out? Because, you know, you don't keep your RV in storage all year long. Well, most people don't. I mean, they pull it out for a particular time of the year and then goes back in. It's just an interesting, I mean, but you know, good for them for trying to expand different ways that they can bring new people in and try to sort of grow the good Sam brand. Cause they haven't really done anything new in a while. It's been a bit stalled. And I, there are a lot of people that, you know, were members from the old school and 
were disappointed with the way Camping World took the organization. Um, they also produce most of the RV shows across the country as well. They do. I Every year I go to yeah. update that RV show article we have, and I end up at gsevents.com an awful lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, it's just another little bonus feature for what I think is a good deal for most people that travel a lot. It is a good deal to have that basic good Sam membership. There are a lot of arguments on one side or the other about their extended warranty, about their roadside assistance, all that sort of stuff. But the basic membership is, is sort of a no brainer. If you camp at commercial campgrounds a lot, you also get a discount in the camping world store and you're able to use the dump stations at camping worlds, which is really nice for people who, who don't travel full time like us and have a local camping world to them. Because one of the hardest things to do when you go out for like a week or two, and then you come home is figuring out where to dump when you get home. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you have to like dump at the campground before you leave, but then you're going however far you drove right, like without if, using your water or toilet or anything. So yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice incentive and it does have its perks for sure. Yeah. Okay. Some news here from the RV miles network. We have, uh, we're partnering with road trippers, uh, road trippers. If you don't know, is a really cool website and app that allows you to find stuff along a route. And we use it all the time We plug in our route and it tells you like how much money you're going to spend on fuel. You can enter what your fuel mileage is. And then you can, you can tell it to find you stuff within so many miles of your route. So you can say within 10 miles of your route, within 20, 30 miles of your route, you want to find restaurants, you want to find campgrounds, you want to find, mostly it's attractions, cool things to see. Yeah. I did use it though the other night to find our hotel Yeah, and kind of map because we did an overnight hotel stay on the way here to Brantley Lake. And I used road trippers. I used cause we had mapped it out. I used that to kind of gauge where the hotel I was interested in was in relationship to the highway. So that was a really nice little feature because then it was just kind of all there. But, you know, on top of all those things, we really like road trippers for what it can do for us as travelers, but they're also just really great people. They're some of my favorite people to work with. We really enjoy them in the Sea America aspect. They are the full sponsor of the Sea America podcast. And then we work with them here on different things at RV Miles. And that's what we're about to talk about is actually we are doing a giveaway with them that you don't have to answer a brain teaser in order to win. <laughs> here it is. You this just is have to enter an email address. You do. So what we are doing is we're kind of celebrating extraordinary places. They have this really cool feature on their website under their magazine section that's extraordinary places. Just really cool see America type stops all across. And they have these articles about them, you know, stuff like modern nights in Southern Ohio, you know, inside Loveland Castle. And so to kind of celebrate the extraordinary out there, we are giving away a lifetime Road Trippers Plus subscription to one individual. So Road Trippers is it's free to try uh, and you can put in about, I think, seven stops. Yeah, uh, something like stops. that. I don't remember. And the Road Trippers Plus allows you to garner the full use of Road Trippers and put in, you know, 150 stops. Yeah, it's on 150 waypoints per, you know, whatever trip you're planning. Mm -hmm. And so. So we'll throw, we'll put in like our whole year. Absolutely. <laughs> like, and that's usually what we do is we have, um, we will break it down, but usually we have our 2019 travel trip. Then we've got 2020 we're working on. And then sometimes we break that down into smaller segments. But what's so nice about all of that is we can go back 
and look over what we've done in the past as well. So we've got like almost this travel log, this travel journal of where we've been and what we did. Now, this isn't this is a lifetime membership. So all you have to do, we're going to link to it in the show notes, is just go over, enter your email address and you're automatically entered to win. And then we will just draw at random one winner on February 25th and we'll let you know via email and then we'll put you in touch with road trippers and y'all can figure out the details of getting you that lifetime road trippers plus membership. And if you don't want to wait to, you know, be the one that wins the contest, you can sign up. It's normally $29.99 a year, but if you use the promo code RVMILES917X, you can get 20% off. And it's RVMILES917X for 20% off. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, but we love road trippers and think it's a fantastic deal, but you should sign up to get a chance at winning that lifetime subscription. And thanks to our friends over at Road Trippers for offering this to the RV Miles community. Okay, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we've got a lot to talk to you about, about our 900 mile journey down here to New Mexico and, and a bit more. 900 miles in two days. <laughs> we'll be right back. We're back with the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. You're working in a lab and you need to prop up a beaker of water so that its base is exactly 17 inches above the table. Besides the beaker, the only objects in the lab are a yardstick and five phone books at one, three, four, five, and six inches thick each. How do you arrange the books so that you can prop up the beaker to the correct height? I'm not going to try to answer. (laughs) I'm going to go enter the road trippers giveaway. (laughs) The answer is that you simply pile up all the books except the one inch one. This will give you 18 inches. Open the top book, turn one inches worth of pages, use the yardstick to verify the height, and that will get you right down to 17 inches. So you've got 18 inches worth of books. You open the top book up an, an inch down and you've got... That is just too complicated. I really like brain teasers that are just simple one answers. This is real world stuff. Real world. You might have to prop up a beaker at 17 inches in your lab. You just never know when I'm in my lab. It'd be a a very scientific experiment. (laughs) When I'm in my lab doing my vocal warmups. Okay, (laughs) fantastic. We'll have a new brain teaser at the end of the show. All right. So we wanted to talk a bit about our experience getting down here to Carlsbad, New Mexico. 900 miles, two days. It, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's it. Podcast segment over. Now, I think you just heard everything you need to know. Th- that is the farthest we've traveled in two days before. We came close before. Yeah, I think that month. So we left on a Monday. If you watched or listened to the podcast last week, then you know that we were recording the night before we were going to leave. It was Mm -hmm. Sunday. We were back in the RV, but in my parents' driveway, mooch docking. And we left Monday and we did 600 miles, 613 miles that day. We've never traveled that many miles in one day. Well, we thought we had never. Oh, but remember, we had made that exact same journey. 
two years ago in the bus. We've heading done us back, heading back to Kansas City through the fog. We've done a 600 mile journey was, in one day in the bus. It was the exact same journey. It started at the same place, Tucumcari, New Mexico, back to Kansas City. I and feel, it was through the worst fog we have ever encountered oh, ever. That was terrifying. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. And then there was a rainstorm at the end of it and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So what's funny is that first, I didn't know that we did that. That's mm-hmm. amazing. I'm no longer as proud, but I'm proud. It was we, a it was lot still. easier in the truck. So what's interesting is so the last time going back, we had this horrible weather where we, we couldn't even see. So we had split. Jason was in the bus. I was in the van with the kids because we felt it would be safer. I could not see past the hood of the van. And I was just sort of hoping that traffic coming towards me and people in front of me were being yeah. as mindful as well. We're and I was, literally just following taillights in front of us. I was terrified for you because you were in the bus. So leaving Kansas City, we had great weather. It was beautiful. It was sunny. We get out on the road and we knew that we were driving towards a storm. We, you know, we knew that New Mexico and parts of Texas were about to get hit And we thankfully, I think, really kind of lucked out and didn't get a lot of that until towards the end. We stayed in a hotel that night in Tucum. Tucum, Cary, New Mexico. Thank you. you. It's in the north along I-40, Route 66. If you listened last week, you know, we were having some furnace issues getting ready to go. So we decided that we would book a hotel for that night. Um. And then we'd work on the furnace the next day. Once we got to the campground, we could call a mobile tech if we needed to, whatever it might have been. So we yeah. stopped at a, a, a hotel. It was a Best Western, I think. Fine. It was very nice. And actually, yeah. their breakfast was really good. See, this is the thing. A, a hotel breakfast. <laughs> the like second buffet. you drop into New Mexico, there are green chilies <laughs> on oh, every I menu. Love this in, state, including hotel continental breakfast. <laughs> so the continental <laughs> breakfast was standard, but then you could make breakfast burritos. Yeah, they had like corned beef. They had tortillas, corned beef, and hash. They had green chili. They had peppers on the tables. They had Tabasco and salsa, and they even had a yogurt dispensary, which I, I couldn't decide if I was on board with, or if I was like, this is gross. <laughs> uh, but the kids had yogurt and they seemed to like it. They had oatmeal. I mean, you could have had like 10 different types of breakfast and it was a best Western. I was completely blown away. Very impressed. Anyway, we did, we, we never liked to do 600 miles. I mean, we, we try no. to top out at 200 yeah. and we like two, it two, even two. better. <laughs> we like it even better when it's 150, you know? Yes. Uh, but uh, it seems like we can do a little bit more now. The kids are a little bit older. The one downside is with the bus, we had the bathroom and somebody could get up and go yeah. to the bathroom in the bus without us pulling into a gas station and Abby could make food, that sort of stuff. We can't do that with the trailer now. So we do stop a bit more. But I can also drive a little bit faster than I could in the bus. And I think at we least can it go makes longer. up the hills faster. <laughs> the bus would go up hills like 30 oh, miles an hour. Oh, bless <laughs> you, bussy, and your 35 mile an hour uphill. My, oh. my top speed on the highway is about the same. I usually, if 
if we're going, uh, if the speed limit's 65, I'll usually go 62. If the speed limit's 70 or above, I usually go 65. Yeah, I feel really good when we don't go faster than 65. I would prefer if we stay in the 62 to 64 range. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That one. <laughs> I want to get you that just that's my comfort zone. You know, a thing, too, that's a little bit easier for us is we also have a mobile hotspot. Mm -hmm. So we have that in the truck now, which allows me to work. It allows for these longer stretches where the kids can go between if we're doing podcasts or audiobooks as a family. But then sometimes and this is real life. Sometimes we all just want to plug in and do our own thing and we need a break. Okay, so the kids can plug in with their Kindles or their iPads. They can watch, you know, Stampy or whatever videos they want to watch, have their own choices. Then Jason and I can kind of listen to podcasts or audiobooks that the kids don't really care anything about. Like mm -hmm. we get a, just a little bit of break from everybody. And we so we listen to the news a lot on the on Sirius XM, we do. that sort of stuff. So um, we had, I think that Monday, uh, we drove about. 13 hours total. It did help that we crossed a time zone and went from central standard time into mountain. And I think that that kind of helped a little bit with time wise, because it was uh 9 30 mountain time before we rolled into the hotel. Uh, it also, because this is what we do. We're just crazy people. We started our Monday night live on Facebook. <laughs> yes, if, if we talked about this last week that we were going to do this. So that came in like two hours before the end of yeah. our, our drive on this long drive day. So we pulled over yeah. a, a car wash, which was an awesome looking car wash. And I, I actually wish we had time to stop and wash the trailer because it was a big, it was a manual car wash, but big enough that you can wash a full RV rig yeah, in there. It was nice. I mean, it was very well lit. They had this huge neon sign. I mean, you could see them 20 miles away. But I'm glad we didn't. And we'll yes. <laughs> we'll cover that in our next that. travel day. Yes. Uh <laughs> so we so this is Monday. We do our Monday night live, which will happen again this Monday um on Facebook over at Our Wandering Family. Uh we hope to not be in our truck this time and maybe chat for a little bit longer. But thank you to those who joined us. It was a nice break to kind of laugh and talk to everybody after being on the road for 12 hours. Uh, but then Tuesday we woke up and there was snow everywhere, everywhere. I and don't, it was just, this dense, heavy, thick, slushy uh, snow. It wasn't pretty. And, you know, we thought, okay, well, there's snow. The interstates will be fine. And I get out my trucker's Atlas and I'm making sure that we're staying on the truck routes uh, on our way down from Tucumcari to Carlsbad. And those first oh, 40 miles, maybe, was on an unplowed road with three inches of snow on it. It was, uh, I think I still have the indent <laughs> in my hand from holding on to the, the handrail in the truck. Like I just was gripping it for dear life because there were grooves in the road where cars had come before us. So, you know, when that happens, it gets like this mound of yeah. ice and snow in that center. And if you don't stay in there, you get kind of wobbly. Now, we four wheel drive. I was fine. The truck never really felt like it was slipping or anything. No, but, but it, it was stressful. It was stressful. It was uncomfortable. Yes. It, it, when another truck would come by me, it would Ugh. be uncomfortable. And it was it was bumpy. Like the snow was really 
bumpy. It kind of just wasn't what I needed to. And I've been very open about this. You know, I have my own sort of personal issues with anxiety and how I manage those on the road. And there is something about our travel days that can be really sort of uh, triggering for me and, and not in a like debilitating way where I can't function. But, you know, I really... I was really struggling with, I just didn't need that. You like don't want to see your home go sliding off, off well, the road. I don't want to see my <laughs> children and my husband in a truck go sliding off the yeah. road. I mean, my home is replaceable. My family is not. And, you know, I really had to sort of like work through that. And, you know, I tried to work like on the laptop and I, I, I just couldn't. I needed to, often what I do is I just, I pick a a landmark, a sign or something further down the road. And I say, okay, I'm focused on just getting myself to there. And then when I get there, then I look for the next goal. And that sort of helps me break down my anxiety, but also break down what I knew was going to be a really long stretch of road for us. And it ended up being, and then thankfully what was interesting is once we crossed, I think it was a county we crossed counties. The next and county decided we own a snowplow. We're going to use it. They were like, welcome to our county. <laughs> you want to live here? <laughs> and I was like, I do. So after that, things got slightly better. Yeah. I mean, we weren't, so we weren't on the interstate, but we were on U.S. highways and they we on, just wasn't plowed for a while. Weren't we on? Well, we were at, we were following uh, Route sixty six. No, Route sixty six is four takes four. We we did for a bit, and and that's U.S. That's that's I forty. Mm. Um, oh, okay. But we in order to take interstates down to Carlsbad, then you've got to cross the mountains once, and then go down and then back again. And that's like hours more. So yeah, and we had a rather um, heightened conversation between the two of us. <laughs> where we were trying to decide if we wanted to turn around and, you know, the kids were plugged in and, but there was but, nowhere to turn around. So it didn't matter. <laughs> but we were, I'm really proud of us because there was a moment where we could have made the choice. Like we're going to start yelling at each other about this situation. Cause stress is high or we're just going to have to manage our own expectations here. And so I, you just needed to manage yourself and I needed to manage myself. And then you needed to let me manage you from time to time (laughs) in order to manage myself. (laughs) And then we were fine. Um, but you know, the whole drive was, was full of snow and then sleet and then rain and then sleet Uh. again. And the trailer was covered in brown ice. It was so gross. It was disgusting. So I am glad. That's why I'm glad that yes. we didn't use that car wash because it would have been worthless. Well, we so we stopped. This is the second day. We stop in Roswell, which is about 90 miles or so, 100 miles from Brantley Lake. We stop in Roswell because we need to stop at this Walmart. And we, we forgot a few things. We always <laughs> forget a few things. So we needed a few things. And... It just, we went in and it was kind of like snowing a little bit. We came out and it was just like pelting, almost like if, if sprinkles were falling on us and there's a video of it over on our wandering family, because it was just like, this is so miserable. Let's just go ahead and document how miserable we are. They're like pellets. It was very weird. It was very weird. And that's pretty much how it stayed the next hundred miles to Brantley Lake. We pulled into Brantley Lake, got in our site and, uh, and, uh, and we used, we have a, a, a little, uh, a buddy heater, uh, a big yeah. buddy heater that there is sort of our backup heat. It 
was often our heat in the bus, but it was our backup heat if we've got a problem. So we, we brought that and we used that for the night and we were fine for the night. Uh, and then we woke up the next morning to yet another snowstorm covering the, the whole area. Yeah. And, you know, so one thing about Brantley Lake, I'll say, and we're going to talk more about it when we do kind of our Carlsbad and this area. But if you're thinking about coming here, I just want to say that site eight is, do the kids still say the bomb? Like, <laughs> is that, is that a thing still? Okay, Jack just yelled from the bedroom that yes, it is. So, okay. Site eight is great. We got our same eight site. We, we were here exactly two years ago. Yes. Uh, because we remember it being Valentine's Day. Yes. Because we, we saw a barbershop quartet perform their Valentine's Day what, what, uh, uh, routine. Their, their, their performance. Their program, their Valentine's Day program. We saw some artists uh, doing their work. At the uh, Living Desert State Park nearby. And yes. we remember that when we got here and. And here we are, Valentine's Day again. Here we are again. Exactly two years ago. Yeah, in fact, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. I wore my red lips for the recording. <laughs> Just felt it added some atmosphere. So that was kind of our travels. And thankfully, you were able to figure out the furnace. Yeah, if you were listening last week, you know, the biggest issue with our furnace is that it is it's underneath our fridge. It's installed. And which is fine where it is. It's just, there's no access on the outside of the trailer, uh, but they clearly wired it up before they put the outside walls on the trailer. Right. So in order to get to it, you're, you have to open the vent up. You six screws, you open the vent up and pull the whole furnace out. But I can't actually do that because the wires are too short. So I actually had to cut wires and stuff in order to get it out. Finally was able to do that. And uh, I opened it up and basically, I don't know exactly what was wrong with it, but I cleaned it. And we just, we all stood over it and said, <laughs> please work. It's cold here in New Mexico. The sail switch uh, did have a little bit of gunk on it. So I'm guessing that was the problem. Wasn't much though, but there was a little bit of gunk on it. And there was just sawdust in there from when they built the thing. That's the thing about this trailer that's driving me nuts is it's like sawdust is never going to go away. It's the glitter of the RV industry. <laughs> yes. There is. It, and what actually, when we bought it, not only was there sawdust, there was little metal shavings everywhere because they would, you know, screw into the, the metal all over the place and, and, and without drilling holes and the self-tapping screws would create metal shavings. There were, there are metal shavings everywhere. Which is very dangerous. Heartland, we love this trailer. Do better with your construction. Yeah. Anyway, I vacuumed out the whole furnace cavity. I vacuumed out the furnace itself. I wiped everything down it. I pulled the sail switch out and I cleaned the sail switch off. The sail switch, I think I said last week, it's a it's a switch that goes uh near the fan that doesn't allow the propane to kick on and the burner to ignite unless the fan is running at full speed. So and it's a safety thing because you don't want the heat to come on without the fan or, or it will get too hot in there and could start a fire. Do you so, know what, do you know what I thought up until just a, like earlier this week, what I thought a sale switch was, What? I didn't think it was S A I L. I thought it was S A L E. And everyone was telling us to go get the switch because it was on sale. That's what, I, that's what 
that's what I thought. The way you're so pretty. <laughs> the way I heard you and my dad talking about it, oh, I was Lord. like, "Oh, the, it's a sale! It's on sale! We need to go get it then." And then what? You, the, that doesn't even make any sense. No, oh, I, but I didn't. Lord. I wasn't thinking of it. it. No, and, it's 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 a like a flapper thing. That, yes, that only I, moves if. Like the wind blows yes. and then it, mo- then it moves and, and it look, I am nothing if on. not honest. I, you know, it, it is what it is. And <laughs> I, that's where my, I'm always thinking about the buck. There are other things that it could have been like there, you know, could be, can be uh clogged, uh clogged vent could be clogged propane line. We, you know, the propane ran out, that sort of but stuff. Whatever it's working and it's been working, it's working and it's been so toasty warm in here and the weather, we did get some sunshine finally, uh, but it's still sitting in like the fifties and the forties and it's getting down into the upper twenties at night. So we're so thankful. And I'm so thankful to you for taking the time to pull that furnace out and really try to figure out the problem. And also really thankful to everyone that offered advice. We did not look at it as intrusive at all. We welcomed it. And it was just really great to be able to problem solve. Yeah. I I don't know whose advice was right, but it worked. Yeah. I mean, just to have (laughs) different options because, you know, you don't feel so overwhelmed when you have like different things you can try. So that was really good. That's I just it. don't want to have to take that grate off of that thing again. Well, ever knock on fake wood that we <laughs> do, lots of it. <laughs> we got lots of it that we don't have to do that again. There we go. Hopefully we don't have to do it again tonight. <laughs> All right. So that's our journey down here. We're going to talk about our visit to Carlsbad on next week's episode, I think, uh, and, and what we did and, give you guys sort of the layout of this park and stuff, but we love it down here. We're happy to be here. I got, I got emotional coming into the state. I did I, I, too. You know, because I got this emotional was, at Carlsbad. This is one of the first places that we went to when we went full time. And, uh, and you know, after all the difficulties of our last year, finally being back in the state, being back on the road, uh, it, it meant a lot to me. That's for sure. Yoda best wife. <laughs> so let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, we got some uh, fresh tanks, black tanks. Be, Be right, right back. back. RV Miles is sponsored by FMCA, the world's largest nonprofit RV club. And FMCA isn't just for motorhomes anymore. It's for anybody. And we are members and we absolutely love being FMCA members. We're getting very excited about the FMCA convention happening in Tucson at the end of March, where we're going to give free seminars and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. We hope to see a lot of you there. One of the best things about FMCA is something that we just renewed because we forgot to renew it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're happy that we finally remembered to is their roadside assistance program. If you talk to anybody on the interwebs, go around to people at the campground, talk to them about their roadside assistance program. You're going to get a lot of opinions about different programs, but one that always ranks up there that people love is FMCA's roadside assistance program. 
FMCA's roadside assistance is $129 a year for towables and $159 a year for motorhomes, but it includes your, your tow vehicle or your towed as well and other vehicles that your household owns. You get towing to the nearest qualified repair center, no matter how far away it is, fuel delivery, lockout service, tire changes, battery boost, tech assistance, and more. And when you call FMCA roadside assistance, they know RVs. You know, you're not just calling some random dispatcher that that doesn't know how to help you out. It's a really great program through Safe Ride RV Motor Club, FMCA's trusted roadside partner since 2014. It's available in the U.S. and Canada, and you can even extend your coverage to additional family members living in your household. So if you want to become an FMCA member, or if you are one already and you haven't picked up roadside assistance, now is the perfect time. However, new members to FMCA can save $10 with the code RVMILES20. That's all one word. A membership is only $85 for the first year, $75 upon renewal. However, that first year for new members, $10 off, $75 bucks. RV miles 20 visit fmca.com or call 800-543-3622. We'll link to it in the show notes. It's time for fresh tank, black tank, where we talk about all the good, the bad, the ugly, the stinky happening in the world of RV travel or, you know, just in the world, Abby's crazy mind. (laughs) S-A-L-E. Abby, what is your black tank this week? So my black tank this week is a story out of Death Valley. Um, This is sort of a continuing ongoing problem in Death Valley where they are having their wilderness damaged by off-road vehicles. The Death Valley National Park is reporting that 130 miles of vehicle tracks have been recorded off-roads within the park boundaries. So they've been damaging like Badwater Basin, Panamint Valley, Stovepipe Wells. The land is, it it contains all these fragile microorganisms. Yeah. And um, there's a reason that off-road vehicles aren't allowed to go through these. It may seem like open, wide expanses of land, but now it's covered in tire tracks. Well, and it's not, you know, you, you make such a good point. It's not because your parents just said, because I told you so. There's a reason why we cannot drive on this land. This is a, there's a reason why it's a national park. There's a reason why it is protected. It's just not for, you know, and giggles. Yeah. And okay? this is also the second time this has happened, I think, in the last two years, because I remember the, yeah. the same story happening about a year ago. So one thing that Death Valley is doing to try and stop this is they are seeking grants from the state of California Off-Highway Motor Vehicle Recreation Division. Say that five times fast. So, and they're seeking this grant to kind of help restore the landscape and prevent further off-road driving from taking place in the park. So, you know, it's, they've got a public meeting coming up and they're just trying to do anything and everything because we can't be grown-ups and just recognize that we shouldn't drive there. There are so many places you can go to do that. It's very, very hard for me. And, you know, I don't want to be like, I don't want to spew hate but it is so hard for me to wrap my head around somebody who goes and knows what they're doing, but they put their own pleasure and their own wants ahead of everybody else, ahead of this important and special land so that they can go just joyride for an hour or so. This is why 
so many people are concerned about uh, off-road vehicles now being allowed in Utah's national parks because it used to be they weren't allowed at all. Right, and I don't have an issue with off-road vehicles. That's not my problem. Mm -hmm. I don't have an issue with people who enjoy off-road vehicles because we can do all those things and still be responsible and we can set aside really cool places for those kinds of activities to happen. But what we can't do is just do whatever we want right? and think that it's okay. Right. If you want to stay on a road or a path right? Uh, or be in an area that's meant for that, that's awesome. Like, would they mind if I just drove my off-road vehicle through their yard? Yeah. How about I just drive through your yard and I just make some donuts in your yard and I rip up your yard and then I drive off and then you get to deal with it. Death Valley you- is collectively our yard. Yeah, mm, I'm getting, I'm getting, my blood pressure is going up. Well, let's bring it down with your fresh tank, I think. What's your fresh tank this week, Abby? Oh my gosh. Okay, so my fresh tank this week, we um, ran across this press release. So I want to preface this by saying I put it in my fresh tank because it is beyond ridiculous. I am not recommending it. I have not read it. And I take some issues with its plot line. (laughs) Okay. But I felt like we needed to discuss it. Now I'm going to talk to you all about this in G rated terms. So don't feel like you got to do earmuffs or anything on your kids because that's not the kind of podcast we are. So there is this book out. Brand new book. A brand new book. New camping um, book. A new camping book. And we found this press release because we were looking at camping press releases. So this just didn't pop up like we were in some random place. This mm-hmm. is under the camping section mm-hmm. by an author whose name is Rusty Bradshaw. And Is that his real name? Well, it, it, for all I know, it's J.K. Rowling. She's writing under a pseudonym. I, who knows? Um, so it's uh, the book is called. Uh, I don't even know if I can get it out. The book is called Moist on the Mountain. Okay. <laughs> And it is a coming of age tale. (laughs) I can't even say it with a straight face. Centered on the camping exploits of three young men and their new female friends. And I'm going to just leave it at that. No, 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 no. No, you need the part about where they they discover a church camp of young women. Yes. So these, um, (laughs) so, um, this author has put together the story where, um, three recent high school graduates, um, go off and they meet a group of young ladies staying at a very restrictive church campground. And then, you know, they just, they get to know them. Okay. Um, and so then <laughs> they, they, they become friends. Okay. Yeah. So they become friends and, uh, they, uh, it all, everything happens in it. There's the words dramatic fashion are used with unexpected consequences, a G I can't imagine why. Um, and so, uh, this book, I, I just, I can't, I can't handle the name. First off, I think the word moist is like one of the worst words the, in the English the, language, like the, just the worst. Okay. The cover of moist on the mountain is, is, is very provocative. Yes. So we're, <laughs> and, uh, I feel like, you know, it's, it's going to be, in, it's going to be next to the, the Daniel Steele books. Look, in, you in know, the, uh, I love me a good Outlander. Bookstore. <laughs> right. I'm not going to, uh, you know, I've read all the Outlander books. I love the television show. I do not read romance novels. I wouldn't pick this up 
to save my life. I am not fresh tanking it because I want you to read it. But it's a little weird that it's about teenagers, just, though, right? I have so many. I have so many issues with this on so many levels. <laughs> but what why it landed in my fresh tank was a, first off, we ran across it on. It got released today, Friday, February fourteenth. The press release dropped. I, <laughs> well, they, I wonder they why. They that out. Yes, I would. I also really want to meet the publisher of this book who greenlighted this, who was like a love. Uh, I believe Ooh. I believe it's greenlit, Abby. Oh, greenlit. Greenlit this. Greenlit it. I'm all a flutter from this book right now. This book has got me 50 shades of ridiculous. This is an award-winning journalist. And this just but, this, but it's a jur- journalist. Is this I yes, let's is just this say, journalism? Is this a real life tale? I don't want to know any of those answers. Like I just don't. So please don't, you know, you don't need to go read this book. Um, but just enjoy the giggle with me. Um you just have to go on, look at the cover. Of, yes, of Moist on, in the Mountain. Yes. L- let's stop saying the title of the book because I just I Moist can't in the mountain. Stop. What is, is your... it on the mountain or in the mountain? On Moist on the Mountain. So that sounds painful. Okay, Jason, can, please can we move on? Moist. Okay. What is your black tank? Let's bring it back. What is your black tank for this week? Uh, sad news out of Mount Rainier. Wow, it's this is closed. a rough transition. Yeah, just, well. Just going to throw got, that out. Uh, Talking about a mountain. Mount Rainier is real moist right now. How about that? It really. How about that? It actually really is because uh, it's closed. Some severe mudslides have completely and closed flooding. the park indefinitely. Uh, it, and, and who knows how long indefinitely is? They're working to clear roads, and uh, and the park service is working on it along with along with some of the energy contractors and the forestry contractors that work with the nearby national forest and stuff. And uh, they're working to get it cleared up, but Mount Rainier national park is completely closed. Uh, and hopefully boy, their spring season is when it's the most popular because they have those absolutely incredible wildflowers. They do. I, you know, this isn't just relegated to Mount Rainier though, the whole surrounding area and the communities surrounding the national park are just being devastated right now. It's it's intense. I saw a frightening photo uh, over on National Parks Travelers website in their article about this, where it, it was a road that was just completely washed away and a vehicle that had been on that spot in the road upside down in the mud about 40 feet away. It's awful. I mean, it really is going to be a very, very long time before the community and before the National Park recovers from this Um Jason will link to that National Park Travelers article if you want to read it. We also have an article kind of detailing why this happened and what exactly they're doing over at RV Miles. We'll put that in the show notes, too. My fresh tank this week is an article from uh, from our friend Jeff Kreider over at Woodall's Campground Management. Jeff's an RV uh, industry writer. He writes for a bunch of different publications, and he's also a publicist for a lot of campgrounds and stuff. But over on Woodall's Campground Management, uh, Woodall's is a, a magazine and, and website that helps uh, campgrounds sort of manage, I, I guess is pretty obvious, right? Uh, sure. That sounds but, about, I think you get what you expect to get with the name. His article here is about how campground, RV park and campground owners 
are finding that they're actually making uh, making some cash off of offering RV repairs on site at campgrounds, having maintenance people on site that they work with that are there to go around and fix RVs. I think that's a great idea. Oh, it's a fantastic idea. That- I mean, That's when you know you have a problem is when you're at a campground. Yes. And that campground we stayed at in Minot, they had that set up. We Mm -hmm. had the campground and then the owners of the campground also had a repair shop. Well, it was a a dealership was part of the campground as well. But they were, we were kind of deciding whether or not we wanted them to winterize for us before we took off. And they would have come right over to our site, hooked us right up, taken us right into the shop and dealt with it for the afternoon for us if we had gone that way. What a great idea. Why not put these two together or have a mobile tech on site there? I know there are a lot of mobile techs that work out of like one or two campgrounds because that campground has 300 sites and they can get enough work out of just that. So there, so a lot of campgrounds are starting to formalize that relationship, either having somebody on their own staff or working with contractors nearby to have a regular relationship so that your air conditioner goes out in the middle of the summer in Georgia while you're camping, they can send somebody over to fix it for you instead of you having to either drive your RV to a repair shop or call a mobile tech in that's, you know, a hundred miles away to come repair it. Or if they've got that, you know, shop on site, Mm -hmm. they can just pull you right over and, you know, hopefully get you in that day and deal with it. But I just think that is such a smart thing to do. It just makes good business. It's not just repair too. It's regular maintenance stuff. So if you, you know, you need your roof inspected and uh, for, for all the sealant to be checked and to be uh, replaced, that sort of stuff, you should be doing that annually. You could have a mobile tech come do that while you're camping. I think that's so great. What a a nice convenience because then you can also be present. You, you know, you just, you feel a little bit more involved with what's going on with your RV, right? Like it just, I, I, that's such a great idea. We were talking about washing the RV earlier too. And I, I know a lot of RV parks also partner with people that will come around and wash your RV for you yes. know, 50 bucks or whatever. Do you remember that rally that was happening when we were at um, mm-hmm. Gulf Shore State Park? Mm-hmm. What was the brand? Uh, it was uh, it was uh, Van Lee Trailers. Yes. And they were having, they had mobile techs that were there for the rally. They had people going around cleaning. Mm-hmm. They do that at the FMCA rallies mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So it's just, that's one of the nice little benefits about rallies. But wouldn't it be nice if a campground had that option yeah. and you could even book that ahead of time. So you know you're coming, you book it, you pay for it, it gets scheduled. What a great service. I mean, campgrounds have an opportunity to almost become a one-stop shop for you on a lot of things. Yeah. Instead of having to just go to all these different places, it, it makes so much sense. Yeah. All right. That is our show for the week. Let's wrap it up with a brain teaser. How about we? How about we? I found this one this week. You did. Too. I just went Abby got this there. one. Mm-hmm. What words are pronounced differently by merely capitalizing the first letter. Now there's a lot of different answers to this. So, you know, yeah, there's no like, but there are three that we know of off the top here. Yes. That, that we're thinking of that. Yeah. But you don't have to give just those three. You can, you know, whatever works for you, whatever floats your boat. So obviously you're, you're generally changing a noun to a proper noun. So which three words are pronounced differently by changing the first letter from lowercase to capital? 
If you want to play along, just send us an email over at editor at rvmiles.com, or you can just drop it into the DMs across social media. It's just a fun way for us to chat and say hi. Uh, you know, we keep saying we've taken um, the win a t-shirt sort of option off the table because we want to be more inclusive for Team Abby people. So maybe look upon this as, um, you know, just go enter the Road Trippers giveaway. Absolutely. Or just sit there and be smug about being right. Yeah, or just, you know, it's a nice conversation piece. <laughs> Jason is so very good at that. Uh, just sit there and have a nice conversation piece with your RV partner. How about that? <laughs> All right. We're going to have the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. You better believe we will. And hey, we have been asking you and you guys have been delivering. And thank you. If you are enjoying this show, we would so appreciate it if you would head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star review for us. It is doing so much for our podcast. It is getting more people into our community. We're getting to know more of you just by clicking that five-star review. So if you could do that, we would greatly appreciate it. Of course, we also want to invite you to join us over on America's National Parks podcast and the Sea America podcast. Both are going strong. America's National Parks just crossed 100 episodes. Sea mm -hmm. America is getting ready to wrap up its second season. There's a ton going on in the RV Miles network. Finally, of course, we have the RV Miles Facebook group. We have an America's National Parks Facebook group. We don't talk about that too often here. And we have a Sea America Facebook group. Jason and I are in all of those and we love to hear from you. We love chatting with you. If you have suggestions for a topic you'd like us to chat about, email us, editor at rvmiles.com or please find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And we're kind of sort of on Twitter, but not really. <laughs> this is every once in a while we pop over on Twitter. Really your best bet is to get us over on the gram or get us on the book of face and on YouTube. Because actually half this podcast is going to find itself on YouTube this week. Yeah, we're starting to record clips and putting them on YouTube. So if you want to see a little a segment yeah. over on YouTube, you can go watch us there. If you If you don't like just listening to us, and want to see our faces that are made for radio. Yeah, you can, you can see me make faces there. at Jason the whole time. Uh, so our inconsistency on YouTube rolls on. So come on over there and check it out. It's a good old time. Uh, thank you again for joining us this week. We are so blessed to be back out on the road. And we know that we couldn't have done it without all of you listening. So thank you for cheering us on. Thank you for being here. And until next week, keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.